Father, we praise your name this morning. We say, burn like a fire in all of our hearts. Would you be the one name that everybody sees and catches and remembers in all of our lives? May the name of Jesus just be the, the afterflow, the scent that we leave. We just declare we love you, Lord, so much and we worship you this morning as your church. We just declare your love endures forever and ever and ever. You are so good, Lord. You are wonderful. You are kind. You are you are glorious. You are splendid. You are majestic. You are holy. We honour you this morning as your church. And we pray that you would just receive back from us honour and praise and worship for every blessing you pour out on us. We glorify your name. Amen. 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 Well, I'm so delighted to introduce our speaker this morning, um, who some of you may have heard when she uh, led and ordained and preached at Patrick Pearson Miles's ordination in September. She is new to our region, new to our diocese, Bishop Ruth. She's the youngest female bishop. She's the youngest bishop in the Church of England. I'm so pleased for the women in our church to uh, just receive the ministry of a mighty woman of God. And I'm so pleased for the men in the church to receive the ministry of an incredible leader. She loves the word of God. She's full of the spirit. She's challenging. She's inspiring. She's um, a friend already. Louise and I shared a glorious brunch with her uh, a couple of months ago, and we were just enjoying just talking about all God was doing in Sussex and beyond and just getting excited about the kingdom of heaven together. And Bishop Ruth is going to be uh, speaking in just a few moments um, a message that she, set, she sent out to the whole diocese, uh, the whole Church of England uh, network across Sussex um, and then next week she's going to be speaking just for us in Chanctonbury uh, sharing about what she believes God is saying at the beginning of 2021 so Lord we just pray that you bless Bishop Ruth it must be an incredibly challenging time to be a bishop in the Church of England so we just pray that you bless her bless all of our bishops would you strengthen them and encourage them and fill them with your word for this moment and we just pray not only in the church of england but right across the denominations that your church jesus would just rise in glory in 2021 that we would rise and just scatter the thick darkness swirling around our nation with the glory of the lord would you bless your church where the accuser has sought to undermine to bring down and to depress your church we pray that your church would rise glorious in 2021 to bring honour to Jesus and to transform our communities and the land around us. So for this morning, we pray, bless Bishop Ruth in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning from me. Welcome to our second week of the Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of Christ together. People approach Christmas preparations in very different ways, don't they? It was harder than normal to prepare, of course, this year because of COVID. But I still noticed that people were true to type and some of my friends and family had everything ready weeks before the big day and others hadn't posted a single card or got anything organised at all. 
And if you're someone who likes doing their Christmas preparations early, let me tell you, there are now just 355 sleeps until Christmas 2021. So feel free to start planning. When was it do you think that God started preparing for Christmas? You might say it was about nine months beforehand maybe when the angel Gabriel visited Mary to tell her she's going to have a baby. Maybe we'll go a bit further back, 700 years beforehand when God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to foretell the coming of the Prince of Peace. Well, The Gospel reading we have this morning, John 1 verses 10 onwards, tells us that God had been preparing for Christmas for far longer than the nine months of pregnancy or even seven centuries. Our reading zooms out to give us the wide angle lens on the whole story and shows us amazingly that God had been preparing for Christmas since before the beginning of time itself. The perspective that John gives us on Christmas is amazing. If you can have a Bible open in front of you as we look at these verses together, that would be brilliant. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. And at the start of his book, he's introduced us to Jesus not by describing angels and shepherds and wise men. He starts not with the crib, but with the cosmos. John says, this Jesus, he was with God the Father from the beginning of time. He was the word, the self-expression of God. And he was a person, not a philosophy or a force, but the agent of creation. Verse 10, the world came into being through Jesus. It's a phenomenal perspective. From the beginning of time, as the world is made with and through and for Jesus, the stage is being set millions of years in advance of the first Christmas day. And John goes on to explain that even though the world didn't recognise or accept Jesus, he became flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us. And John has chosen his words very carefully here in verse 14. Our English translations aren't great. The word for dwelt or lived among us, John says that Jesus became flesh and pitched his tent among us, encamped in our midst. So from zooming out to Jesus being with the Father and the agent of creation at the beginning of time, we zoom in to Bethlehem, a baby boy, God become human. He's decided to pitch his tent to leave the throne room of heaven and set up camp in the midst of human life. It's a little bit too cold outside for camping at the moment, but are you someone who likes life in a tent in the summer? People are generally divided on those who love or loathe camping. But imagine an enormous campsite, maybe like a summer festival like Glastonbury. Everyone's pitched their tents, hundreds and thousands, all crammed in together. John says God became a human being and pitched his tent right here in the middle of us. Now at events like Glastonbury you, you get a sort of uh, great succession of VIP superstar performers and all the regular hoi polloi they camp in the fields but the, the celebrities and superstars have a sort of village of luxury motorhomes with electricity and hot water and amazing food. The Bible shows us that when Jesus came, he didn't arrive as a VIP superstar, not, not a life of celebrity or royalty or luxury. He set up camp with an ordinary family to live and work in the real world. He wasn't protected from poverty or politics or pain, but vulnerable and exposed to all of human life. So given that awesome perspective on Christmas, what we learn in our reading is the purpose of Christmas. Well, if you've ever been camping, you'll know that if someone pitches their tent next to yours, it's a very close relationship. It's quite a revealing experience of each other. You know 
what these people next door are having for dinner. You can smell it. You can often smell them, depending on how good the wash block is. And you can hear all their conversations and indeed uh, their arguments. You can hear when they go to bed and when they start shouting at their children for not going to bed. And uh, you sometimes even see them sort of running in their pyjamas to the toilet first thing in the morning. There's nothing hidden when you're camping right next to each other. In verse 18, John writes that no one has ever seen God. He's been hidden from view for all of human history. But here at the incarnation, the invisible has become visible. There's nothing at all hidden about God anymore. Everything about his character, every word of his will, everything we'd ever want to know about his nature and life, he has pitched up right beside us and is fully on show for all to see and know. And John says he is glorious, truly glorious. Verse 14 to 17, because what we find in Jesus is perfect grace and perfect truth. When God shows us his full self, he is pure truth. And that truth can be uncomfortable for us because we're so far from what is true and just and good. Without exception, we all make choices that reject the truth of God as we turn inwards to our own selfishness and sin. Jesus lives in a way that doesn't just show God for who God really is, but shows us up for how we've fallen from who we're meant to be. The glory of God is both beautiful and dangerous. The beauty and perfection of his nature shows how greatly we've sinned in thought, word and deed. But Jesus doesn't leave us falling and failing. He is grace and truth. Verse 16, from his fullness we've received grace upon grace. John says, a lot of people don't accept or recognise Jesus, but for those who do receive and believe in him, he pours out grace, undeserved forgiveness and favour, bringing us to new life as members of God's family forever. This God leaves heaven to come to earth and he does so because he's on a rescue mission to save us from ourselves. He shows up in the truth of his glory and our sin, lays his glory down, takes our sin on him in the most extraordinary exchange on the cross. And as we trust him, we're adopted into God's family as his children to enjoy life with him forever. It can't happen because of any effort on our part, but just trusting in the greatest gift of all, the saving grace of Jesus. So I hope that some time today you'll make uh, an opportunity to look again at this piece of scripture and see this cosmic scale of the Christmas story the creator who pitches his tent right next to us and to see ourselves in the light of this truth that instead of condemning us for how far we've fallen Jesus invites us to receive his saving grace and it's not just true for people in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago it's true and real for us today by Jesus's spirit he's in the business of pitching up to to be beside us to live with us to meet us in our mess in our poverty and politics and pain through a pandemic grief and loss in every moment of joy and every single struggle, he comes to us, the glory of the Father, through the Son, grace upon grace. So now stretched out before us are 355 sleeps until next Christmas and we don't know what's in store. But would you put your trust in the living God, in the God who is grace and truth? And as the coming months unfold, know that he's willing to bring his grace and truth to every moment of this year. And may we have eyes to see his glory as he encamps among us and courage 
to live as his children in a world that doesn't receive or recognise him. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. God's blessing on you all, this Christmas and for the year ahead. Amen. Well, isn't she great? Isn't it great to hear from uh, Bishop Ruth, our Bishop, the Bishop of Horsham, um, we're so um, excited to get to work with her um, in the uh, years ahead. And uh, a great message there from uh, John chapter 1. God pitching his tent right next to us, so aware and intimately involved um, in our lives and inviting us to experience his grace. And um, as we think about this coming year, we might be feeling a, a number of things. And, you know, some of us have, have not had the easiest of years. And, um, you know, how we look back and how we look forward are important. We look back with thankfulness at the Lord's provision for us through the last year whatever it's been and, and for some of us it's been much harder than for others uh, i'm very aware of that but we look back with the thankfulness for where god was um with us rather than sort of thank god that's all gone it's not to say we can't necessarily feel that way but let's look back with thankfulness for what he has done and as we look forward we may need some grace, may, mightn't we, if, if we're going to be in this, you know, season for however long it might be. Um, and so let's invite uh, the Father with his tent pitched next to ours to really experience his grace. And let's remember that not only is his tent pitched next to us, in John 14, verse 23 Jesus says if you obey my teaching we will come to you and make our home with you Jesus is speaking about the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit inside of us and that brings great strength so let's pray as we um, respond to what Bishop Ruth has shared with us today Father thank you that you have pitched your tent next to us. But more than that, you live inside us. And so as we uh, begin this new year, as we look forward, uh, perhaps with a sense of uncertainty, we look above the circumstances and what will be around us to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, who is our anchor and our rock. Who is the one who invites us into a relationship, a personal relationship with him that allows us to experience his grace, to experience your grace and your joy. And that, that grace equips us to be the people that you have called us to be in this world. Those that carry hope, those that carry life, those that carry joy and release the truth of the gospel wherever we may find ourselves. 
So for our whole church family, today, Lord, I pray that we would experience and encounter true grace that would equip us to live as you have called us to live, as fully alive disciples of Jesus, who get to not just be in this world, but get to change this world. So we lift that to you. In the name of Jesus, we invite you to further enable us to experience your grace so that we may take our full part in our world and in our community. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close our time together this morning, thank you so much for tuning in. And um, I'm going to close with a blessing. Um, but, you know, as we look forward um, in this new year, as we look to rebuild the land, as we look to strengthen our emotional and spiritual maturity in the years ahead, we're not just rebuilding the land of, of church and the land of our community, we're rebuilding the land of our hearts. And so as we move forward, let's do that with joy and hope and the expectation that good is coming because that is rooted um, in our understanding of the goodness of God. Let's close with a blessing. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always as we step out into the world filled with grace and truth, filled with life and hope, filled with the joy of the Lord that is our strength through all circumstances. Amen. Amen. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week online again with Bishop Ruth. And um, keep, post, keep uh, checking in with what's going on because we're obviously having to flex and um, work with whatever comes our way. But as, as we do that, do be praying for, uh, you know, the moves that the government make to get on top of this virus. Um, you know, we don't want it anymore, do we? And so let's pray it out and let's uh, release hope and life to the world. Have an amazing week and we'll see you soon. God bless. Mm -hmm.